So we've been talking about a revival of the Bible. We've been talking about the power of open. We've been talking about the power of an open Bible, how that the entrance of God's word gives light. We've been talking about how that his word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Do you want all of the promises of God to be yes and amen in your life? Then you have to open your Bible. Do you want to know what the voice of God sounds like speaking to you on a daily basis? Then you have to open your Bible. Do you want understanding and wisdom and discernment to guide your life? You got to open your Bible. Do you want the key today for your marriage or your singleness or for raising kids or for building a strong family or business? You have to open your Bible. The power of open and the power of an open Bible. Today, I want to begin part two in our series on the power of open. When you open your Bible, God speaks, and there is power in his words. I want to show you today that when you open your mouth and you speak, there is power in your words. There is power in your words. As a matter of fact, it's amazing, it's stunning how much power are in our words. In Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue. I open my mouth and there is power in my words, good or bad, but power, it's powerful. Words, I speak words, and they're powerful. They're powerful for killing or destroying, or they're powerful for living and building up. Your words are powerful. The Good News Bible says, what you say can preserve life or destroy it. Think about that. Think about the responsibility. Think about loose lips and how casually we speak. And here's what the Bible says. What you say can preserve life or destroy it. So you must accept the consequences of your words. Preservation or destruction. Colossians 4, 6 says, let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each other. Ephesians 4.29 says this. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good, that which is good, that which is good for the use of edifying, that you may minister grace to the hearers that no corrupt communication would proceed out of my mouth, but that which is good, that which is good, that which is good, that we might minister grace to the hearers. The power of our words. 
I'm talking about the power of the tongue. And I want to show you over these next several weeks six amazing and life-changing things that you can do when you open your mouth with the right words. Every one of us. Every one of us. When we open our mouth with the right words, I want to show you six astonishing results from that. Job said, in Job chapter 6 and verse 25, how forceful are right words. Come on. How many times have you just had the right words? Right? And she said, yes. (laughs) How many times? The right word. Sometimes we're searching. Oh, I just want the right words. God, give me the right word. How forceful are the right words? Proverbs 10, 20 and 21 says, the words of the godly are like sterling silver. (laughs) The words of the godly encourage many, but fools are destroyed by their lack of common sense. Dude, let me read it from a modern translation. A good person's words will benefit many people but you can kill yourself with stupidity. Every husband in here, I want you to think, no, don't go there, it's not. Forget, I'm sorry I even got close to bringing that one up. Come on, have you ever said something stupid? What time is it? So we are going to look at six biblical ways to open your mouth in these Life-giving, astonishing arenas. Conversation, confession, exhortation, adoration, appreciation, and supplication. This is where we're going to go over the next phase of the power of open. When we open our mouth in conversation, we engage people, and we can share our faith with people as we engage people in conversation. As we open our mouth in confession, we, of course, confess our sins, and we confess Jesus Christ, and then we confess who we are in Jesus Christ. And then, as we open our mouth in exhortation, we build each other up. We champion our children. We we bring encouragement to those near and dear and around us. And then when we open our mouth mouth in adoration, we praise and we worship the Lord our God. And then when we open our mouth in appreciation, we live with thanksgiving and the beauty of a life filled with an attitude of gratitude. And then when we open our mouth in supplication, we enter into the realm of the power of prayer. So today, let's begin with adoration. The power of opening our mouth and speaking words of adoration. Using your words to praise and to worship and to glorify and to magnify Elohim and the Yahweh of Judah and Yeshua Mashiach, the Lord Jesus Christ. Using our words, opening our mouth to adore and praise and worship. In Isaiah 51, I beg your pardon, 
in Psalm 51 and verse 15. O Lord, open my lips and my mouth shall show forth your praise. Open my lips and my mouth shall show forth your praise. Psalm 63, verse 3. Your unfailing love is better than life itself. How I praise you. I will praise you as long as I live. Lifting my hands to you in prayer. You satisfy me more than Carol's best meal. (laughs) And I will praise you with songs of joy. Open your mouth in adoration. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews, chapter 13 and verse 15, therefore by him, the Lord Jesus, therefore by him, let us continually, continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God that is the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name. This should be the MO of a Christian life. This this is how we live our Christian life, continuously offering through Jesus Christ the sacrifice of praise, the fruit of our words, the open mouth of adoration, giving thanks to him. Now, I want us to just for a few minutes today Focus in on our text. Our, our, our basic text today that I want to speak from is Psalm 135. And I want us to look at four verses in Psalm 135 that will give us deep insight into praise. And so Psalm 135, I'll read the first three verses, and then in a moment, I'll read the fourth verse. Praise the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise him, O you servants of the Lord. You who stand in the house of the Lord, in the courts of the house of God. Praise the Lord, for he is good. Sing praises to his name, for it is pleasant. We praise him, for he is good. God is good. God is is good. I have known him personally and intimately since 1962, and he has only ever been good to me. God is good. Now life, life can be hard. Circumstances can be bad. But God, is good. Never confuse your life with God. Never confuse the circumstances or the situation that you're in right now with God. That's the circumstances. That's the situation. That may be rough. That may be hard. That may be difficult. But God is good. Well, if my life is this way, God must be this way. Not so not true. The world is dark. Men are sinful. Satan is wicked. But God is good. Jesus said to the rich young ruler who approached him seeking to have eternal life, 
Jesus said in Mark 10, 18, no one is good but one, and that is God. The New Living Translation says that Jesus says to him, only God is truly good. Praise him, for he is good. Psalm 34 and verse 8, I just love this because it just throws it out on you. It says, oh, taste and see. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. I could tell you that uh, on um, Friday night, Carol cooked up three kilos of beef cheeks and she cooked them for 12 hours and we had all of our family over for our winter feast night and it I could tell you about it but there's a bunch of us that tasted and saw for ourselves that it was good I'm telling you it was good and you're gonna go okay yes great great good for you mate oh, on you, on you. wife listen to that that's good mate that's good yeah but there was about 14 or 15 of us that tasted and we saw that it was good oh Taste and see for yourself that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Psalm 100 and verse 5, for the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. Nahum 1 verse 7, the Lord is good. A stronghold in the day of trouble. And he knows those who trust him. So Psalm 135 teaches us that we praise him because he is good. But it also teaches us, secondly, that it is good. Praise is good. Verse 3 again. Praise the Lord for the Lord is good. Sing praises to his name for it is pleasant. It is good. It is good to praise. He is good and it is good. Psalm 92, verse 1. And I love the title under the psalm. It says this. A psalm. A song for the Sabbath day. It is good to give thanks to the Lord and to sing praises to your name, O Most High. Psalm 147, verse 1. Praise the Lord. For it is good to sing praises to our God, for it is pleasant, and praise is beautiful. It is good. Praise is beautiful. The message says it this way, hallelujah. It is a good thing to sing praise to our God. Praise is beautiful. Praise is fitting. I also like the old King James Version of this passage, and it says it this way, praise is is comely. You know what that means? It looks good on you. Pray. You're looking good, girl. Why you're looking good? That praise is looking good on you, girl. Oh, bro, look at you. That praise is looking good on you, brother. Because praise is beautiful. Praise the Lord for he is good. Praise the Lord for it is good. Open your mouth and praise him. For he is good. Open your mouth and praise him with words of adoration, for it is good. Praise is good for us. I'm not saying we, pray, we praise us. No, I'm saying when we praise, it's good for us. It lifts us. 
out of despair and distress. Praise will lift you out of gloom and, and grief. Praise, will, praise is a game changer. Praise makes the difference. Praise is the breakthrough. Praise is good. It is good to praise. Psalm 42 and verse 11 says this. Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him who is the hope and the help of my countenance and my God. The antidote to cynicism and pessimism and criticism is praise. It's praise. I love this translation from the New Living Translation, Psalm 42, 11. Listen to this. Why am I discouraged? Why am I so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again. My Savior and my God. Praise is good for us. In Psalm 40, in verse 2, he also brought me up out of a horrible pit. Anybody know that address? Anybody know that place? Anybody ever visited there? Anybody ever spent some time there? He, come on, family. He also brought me up. Come on at home. You know what we're talking about here. He also brought me up out of a horrible pit pit out of the miry clay and set my feet upon a rock and established my steps and we're going yes but the question is how did he do that how does he do that the very next verse gives us the answer and the key because he's put a new song in my mouth and praise to my God many will see it and fear and will trust in the Lord this praise that comes to my mouth is how God pulls me up out of this horrible pit you gotta praise your way up out of a pit praise will pull you out of a pit why should I open my mouth in adoration why should I use the power of open and open my mouth and find words of adoration and praise because God is good and because praise is good and then Psalm 135 Verse 3 and, and, and 4, I'll read verse 3 again. Praise the Lord for the Lord is good. Sing praises to his name for it is good, it is pleasant. But look at verse 4. Be, this is our third reason that we should praise. For the Lord has chosen Jacob for himself, Israel, for his special treasure. Last year, I read Tim Keller's book on the book of Romans. I read it through the, the whole year. And Tim Keller had a commentary on this verse in that book. And I, I wrote it down. I, I just thought it was so powerful. Tim Keller shows us that we should not only praise God because he is good. We should not only praise God because it is good. But this is what he says about verse 4 of Psalm 135. Listen. He says, we should praise him because, astonishingly, in his grace, he finds us good. 
He regards us as his treasure. He is good. It is good. And God declares us good in his sight and calls us his treasure. We read in Titus chapter 3 in the New Testament, in verse 4, But when God our Savior revealed his kindness and love, he saved us not because, he saved us, not because of the righteous things we had done. Come on, somebody. That's not why he saved us. But because, not because of me, but because of his mercy. He washed away our sins, giving us new birth and new life through the Holy Spirit. Because of his grace, he made us right in his sight. He sees us is good. Right in his sight. And he gave us confidence that we will inherit eternal life. Not because of any righteous thing I have done, but because of his mercy and his grace and his love and his reaching out to us. Not because, but because. And he sees us as his treasure. As a matter of fact, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, we've read this passage many times. You are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation, his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him. The praises of him who has called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. He sees me as good. Oh, I praise him. He calls me good. Oh, worship and praise to you, Lord. I'm right in your sight. Oh, my goodness. Praise, praise, praise. You are good. It is good. And because you see me good, how can I not adore? How can I not worship? How can I not praise? You should open your mouth with adoration because he is good and because it is good. And because he says you are good. But wait. As Andrew Paik would say, there is more. I want to finish with one last thought. He is good. It is good. He calls you good. In Romans 8, 28. And we know that all things work together for good. All things, Tracy. All things, Joe. All things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. God is good. And God is working everything together for your good. Joseph, who was betrayed by his brothers, every bad thing that could happen to a young man happened to Joseph. You read the story in the book of Genesis. You know, they put him, they 
put him in the pit and sold him into slavery and sent him off to Egypt to never be seen again, told his father that he'd been killed and eaten by wild animals. The most unthinkable betrayal happened to that young man. He was innocent. And we know, we know the story of Joseph. And we know that one day, many years later, when Joseph was a grown man and he was now, you know, the, the second ruler of, of the world, he was the ruler of the world, the second in charge in Egypt, and now his brothers come because of the famine and all of a sudden they're standing before Joseph and they realize who there's, this is the brother that they had, did every wrong thing you could think, every unthinkable thing. And Joseph says these words to those betrayers, these words to those brothers who hurt, them, hurt him. He says in Genesis 50 and verse 20, but as for you, you meant evil against me. And family, I hate to say it, but that's the real world we live in. There's just some people, there are just some philosophies that just mean evil against you. There are some things being established in the earth right now that are just evil against the church and against Christ and against his bride and against his body. It's just the way it is. To be honest with you, it's the way it's always been. We're just getting our own little taste of it here in the Western world, that's all. As for you, you meant evil against me, but God, he works all things together for good. But God, you, you turkey, you dipstick, you dropkick, uh, you meant it for evil, but God, but God, he said, but God meant it for good. That's why Paul could say God works all things together for good to those who love the Lord and who are called according to his purpose. He meant it for good to bring it, up, bring it about as it is this day so that I could save the lives of many people. His brothers put him in the pit. Potiphar put him in prison. And God put him in the palace. All things work together for our good. No weapon formed against you will prosper. Our tests become our testimonies. Our pain becomes our platforms. Our trials work for us, not against us. Every trial you're going through right now or will go through a month from now works for us, not against us. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 17, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment in the light of eternity, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Jonah, please bring the team. Praise. Praise. Open your mouth and let words of adoration come out of your mouth. Words of worship, words of praise and adoration. Praise God, for he is good. Praise God, for it is good. Praise God, for he sees and calls you good. Praise God, for he works all things together for good. Open your mouth. Open your Bible and hear his voice. Open your mouth and use your voice.
to bring forth and speak forth his praises in the earth. If you're in the auditorium here with me this morning, would you stand? And at home, if you want to, of course, you're welcome to stand. I just want to pray over you. We're going to worship for a moment, and then Sonia's going to come. Praise God, for he is good. Praise God, for it is good. Praise God, for miraculously, he calls you and me good. Praise God, because no matter what you're going through today, no matter what you're going through today, he works all things together for good to those who love him. Heavenly Father, how worthy are you? Oh, for a thousand tongues to sing of my great Redeemer's love. You are the transcendent good God who pursued us, who pursued us clear agony to the cross. You pursued us all the way to redemption, to salvation while we were enemies. Who is like unto you, great majesty? Who is like unto you, transcendent glory? Who is like unto you, my Father, my Father, my Father? Oh, may I continually live to bring forth the fruit of my lips and worship and praise and adore you. May day and night may I be found standing in the, in the house of the Lord or in my own house with my hands raised, with my mouth open, and with adoration streaming and coming forth out of my mouth. For you are good, Lord God. You are so good. I praise you, Lord. I praise you. I praise you. It's all I can do to keep speaking in English right now because there's a part of me that just wants, oh, Father, you're so good. You're so good. And we praise you. And let praise, let praise, just like a revival of the Bible is sweeping over our church. Let a revival of adoration sweep over our church. Let a revival of praise to the majesty of God, to the glory of God, to the beauty of God, to the wonder of God, to the goodness of God. May that also sweep over our church, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.